0: Thanks so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. If you're new with us today, don't forget to fill out our Connect Card online at HopeWinterGarden.com. Just click on the I'm new tab or grab one at the info bar. Then stop by the info bar outside for your free gift. At Hope Church, one of our core values is that we are generous. If you are visiting with us today, don't feel any obligation to give whatsoever. We're just so glad you're here. If you did come prepared to give, there are a few different ways you can do that. You can give online at HopeWinterGarden.com, you can text an amount to 84321, or you can drop your gift in the boxes located in the back of the auditorium. Thank you for your generosity. It is truly making a difference in our community and around the world. Now, we want to make sure you are up to date on all that is happening here at Hope Church for you and your family. Check out this week's Hope Happenings.
1: Hey Hope students, come out next Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our pizza and game night. Bring a friend, come hungry, and may the best team win. Next Sunday between the 9 and 10.30 services will be baptisms. Make sure you make plans to stay as we celebrate those who have been raised to life.
0: Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at HopeWinterGarden.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We believe the best is yet to come, and our hope is that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before.
2: Hey, well, good morning, and we're glad that you guys are all here today. I'm so thankful that you chose to be with us post post your Thanksgiving hangover. I hope all the turkey is settled, and maybe you've already started running it off and getting ready for Christmas. Um, We're in a series right now called Generous, and um, we believe at the heart of who God is, um, is generosity. And so as a church, we believe that we're called to do that, and to to serve, and to love, and to be generous all that we have, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And so we've been in this season preparing you guys preparing for our church to give the largest one-time offering that we've ever given um, which is next week december the 6th and um, the reason why we do that is because we want to we want to just help as many people as possible change the world and um, we want to give and we want to serve and to love not just here locally but we want to serve and give nationally and we want to give we want to give globally and so today we've got um, some guests here today they're going to share with with us. I'm going to interview uh, my friend Josh in just a moment. He's going to share with us what what God is doing um, in a place that probably most of you guys have never been to, um, in, in a place called Springfield, Missouri. And um, he's, God is working in a huge way there. And uh, we're going to share with you guys some things and how we can be a part of what God is doing there. Why we stay here, we can be a part of things that are going on that are there. And um, Alex is up here leading today. Josh is going to be with us in just a moment. But here's what I want you to do. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to be together. Would you just ask God to speak to you just in just in, in a way that He's never spoke to you? Would you would you ask Him to help you open up your eyes? Because I think sometimes in church in America, our eyes are we're, we're coming to church but our eyes are closed. Or I mean, maybe we're, we're side eyeing there. We don't really we're not fully engaged on what's going on. And so I want to make sure that you get what's about to happen for the rest of our time together today. If you're joining us for the very first time. We want you to, we're glad you're here today. And um, we just feel God's got a, a really, really big mission for us. And so I want to, I want to show you some things. I think today we're going to open up our eyes and help us to give and serve in ways that we've never been able to before. So take a look at these screens, at the screens.
3: I didn't care about life. I didn't care about brushing my teeth. I didn't care about showering. I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care about, uh, you know, if you and your kids saw me uh, walking down the street in filth. Uh, I didn't care where I slept. I didn't care whose door I kicked in to get whatever I needed. I just didn't care. I came to Freeway. I'd never heard of Freeway before. They came and picked me up, and then I got there, and I saw three to 400 people that uh, were dressed like me, that talked like me. I saw street people that uh, the majority of them, the difference was is they were all
1: smiling and uh, their eyes weren't red and they, they had, they were just, there was something
3: different about them. Freeway changed my life, man. It just, it, it gave me a hope.
4: God can change me, he can change anybody. Once he grabs a hold of you, hold on. My name's Derek Johnston, I'm 37 years old. I reside in Springfield, Missouri. I grew up in a drug family. My parents used drugs. My parents partied. People in and out of the house. When we moved down here, my parents went bankrupt. We lived in a bus for two years. We took bass and horse trough and heated up the water with settling torches. Growing up, I was a troublemaker. I was always in trouble. People would tell me to do something. I did the totally opposite. But I made the decision after my sister passed away that I need to be an uncle and a brother and a dad in my family because I'm done with prison. I'm done with watching my family die.
1: So I received a phone call from Derek. He was wanting a shot at the men's house. He was very respectful. Uh, kept calling me Sir, Mr. Stroop. God had moved on my heart to the fact that if we didn't help Derek, who would? So we gave him a shot.
4: First freeway service I went to was the day after I got to the house. I walked in there and just seen how they reach out and help the homeless and feed them and give them clothes. I heard uh, John Stroop preach. Went to the altar that night. And I got on my knees and Recommit my life to God because I'm done with prison. I'm done with watching my family die. And it means me leaving the gang
1: life behind, the drug life behind. I'm walking with God. Two two different prisons has called him since he's been in the house. And he's told the person on the phone, I want you to go to the prison yard. And I want you to get all the guys together. And I want you to tell them that I'm no longer in the gang. I, I'm I'm walking with Jesus Christ now. Derek has hope now. You know he's got something to live for and I would say this that for everything God has for you that's good the devil has a counterfeit and Derek has lived a counterfeit counterfeit love counterfeit peace counterfeit joy counterfeit purpose and now Derek has real love real peace real hope real joy real purpose and it's it's available for anyone the, the darkest deepest pit the worst convict in the world God can use them.
2: Hey, would you guys welcome Josh to the stage with me today? <clears throat> you made it. You made it. Welcome. Um, tell these guys about your flight experience last night.
3: So we were supposed to land at 1130, then about halfway through the day yesterday, we got a text saying it's going to be just an hour late. So uh, we got everything lined out with a rental car because they weren't supposed to stay past eleven. We're supposed to be here at 12.30. Well, we landed at 2.33 this morning. Uh rental car company was gone. So we got an Uber, and we got to the hotel about 3.45-ish this morning. Savage.
2: They're here to serve Jesus, but they are tired. They got here this morning. Dinah picked them up, and I said, do you guys want some coffee? And he was like, please. <laughs> so we get to Starbucks, um, and I was like – "I." whatever he wanted whatever he got i go and he needs to, it needs to be a triple shot like just add whatever you whatever that means i don't know what that means at starbucks just like a code was like make it a triple shot you know load it up josh i'm glad you guys are here today and um alex i'm glad you're here today alex is a, um, a friend of ours and um came and served with us one summer and we love 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 alex and because i love alex we're, we're gonna love you josh and um josh and alex um are serving in an area in springfield missouri we're going to talk about that in just a moment but the reason why they're here today is because um alex and josh surrendered to to serve in this ministry called free which you just saw just a just a short video like a little short story into what they do and and so i told them i was like we we i told them, i was like we need to help them like we're going to support whatever it is that whatever alex is doing and josh is doing we want to support we want to support that and so um So that's why they're here today, but I wanted wanted them to come and see you guys. They literally, they flew in today and they they fly out tomorrow morning. Like they're flying on a budget. You know what I'm saying? Like they leave tomorrow like at 640. It's like really bad. It's like the worst flights, two of the worst flights ever combined in two days. That's how we roll at Hope Church. The hospitality usually is better, but you're in and out and um, we're glad you're here. Would you um, tell them what you're doing at Freeway? Like, tell them exactly what Freeway is, what what they do. Don't tell them how you got there, but just tell them the part. Like, what do you guys do Monday through Friday and then Saturday nights?
3: So Freeway Ministries were a uh, recovery ministry. We assist the local church in how to reach the hard to reach, how to reach individuals that most people run from, most people don't know how to reach, that a lot of people probably sit in this room, have a family member, a loved one, a co-worker that has struggled with addiction uh, in some form of drugs or alcohol. And so that's what Freeway does. Uh, We believe that through the Bible, through the truths of God's word, that any and every addiction can be broken. Um, That it's not a program. um, It's not a system. Um, that we have individuals come in, like Derek, like myself, that has spent a lot of times in, in jail, in rehabs, uh, in court systems, in drug classes, and none of it's worked. So that's what Freeway does, and we go through a discipleship house, which would be similar to like a sober living house uh, or a halfway house. But the big difference is, when I talk to you about this, is we stress that sobriety is not success. A relationship with Jesus Christ is success. Sobriety is a byproduct of that. And that's what is breaking these chains, that's breaking these cycles that have not been broken in generations and generations is because of this. So we're a Christ-centered recovery program. And you'll hear a lot of faith-based recovery program, but find out what that faith is in. Uh, it's not the God of the Bible. Um, I can tell you that. I've been in some personally myself. So that that's what it says. We're a Christ-centered recovery program.
2: Love that. And these guys are, he, you're telling me, it really blew my mind, like some of these guys are coming them like, fresh out of jail like they come they come to these guys. They are they are like the front line. I'm so so thankful for that. I, I think I saw one of the videos, but basically it talked about how um one of the things that you do like the prisons are calling you guys and they're saying, Hey, we can't we can't do this. Like we, we don't have what it takes to to do this. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like how many people do you guys see come through on a week or maybe a monthly basis? Or how often are you guys having people come to you saying, We've been through everything, we've tried everything, and now we're here and can you like our last stitch effort is I guess kind of the church and Jesus, like what does that look like for you guys?
3: Yeah, so we, uh, we're alternative to prison in seven different counties in the state of Missouri. So for the federal and state penitentiary, um, we have a reentry program coming into Freeway Ministries that individual can come in, get released from the custody of the state or the federal penitentiary, and if they complete the year-long program with us, the discipleship housing, uh, then their past sentence, probation, parole, then they get off papers and they get the rest wiped, if they complete that. And it is, they, they've tried everything else, they've been in the court systems pretty much uh, since being juvenile, um, it, it nothing has worked, they've been seeing the same judge, the same parole, probation officer, parole officer and nothing has worked. So they're finally turning to us with that. Um, And on a Saturday night um, between the, so we have six different, seven different campuses um, in the Southwest Missouri area. There is five of them there. And we're seeing anywhere from 7 to 800 on Saturday night. We do a free hot meal um, every Saturday at 530. So we provide free transportation, free childcare, and um, a dinner. So any excuse you say you can't make it, we try to eliminate all those excuses. But the main thing is, is we preach the gospel of Christ. We don't want just a bunch of well-fed, well-dressed, uh, lost people out there. If that's all we did how we were talking, just, just checking a list, serving out the soup kitchen, and that's it. Uh, we, we give them the gospel of Christ, and then we walk alongside them. Okay, here's the next steps. It's discipleship. It's one-on-one. Let's get you plugged into a local church. You know, it's not a church growth strategy. It's not saying you have to go to this specific church. Uh, we just want you in a healthy local church um, because that body of believers, that community, that's that's so huge. Otherwise, that isolation when you're coming out of recovery and addiction and you're being isolated like that it's just such a dangerous spot to be in
2: wow man these guys are they're in it every single day and um they have these houses that are set up they're discipling these people they're they're trying to get into church and a lot of times you guys are reuniting families and, and trying to get the families back together so you got i was talking to them. i was talking to you yesterday and then even this morning i thought to myself man what a what a huge huge job that you guys have like it's, like, so many different because I was telling like, you want to give them, the, you, you, the gospel is the, is the game changer. The gospel can change everything, but they have this addiction also, and, and God can take the addiction. But, like, how do you, you know, the detox and all that, that that comes with that? Are you guys dealing with that as well? Like, if somebody comes, and I guess you guys have some people that come from the prison, but you have some people, are, pe- are moms and dads dropping off their kids and saying, hey, this is all I got? Are you getting any of that, or is it?
3: Oh, yeah, so moms, dads, grandparents, I mean... Um, getting calls from, hey, my son, my daughter, they're on the deathbed, they're on the street, they're homeless, Um, they're detoxing. So um, we are not a medical um, detox facility. We're not medically cleared for that. So we work with a local rehab in Springfield that we basically, we keep a bed on hold permanently there for individuals and say, okay, if you're serious, because we have stacks of applications to get in our housing, more applications than we can house for men and women. Um, So we have to weed out the people that are just, you know, trying to get their feet on the ground, get a paycheck, and take off, so we make sure they're faithful or not, we give them homework, we say okay go to detox after this, this is your next steps, and if they're willing to do that, we pay for their bed, we keep them there the whole time, and then they get released to us, and then we get them into one of the houses, but it's, I mean it's constant calls um, from every situation you can think of.
2: Wow, we had a, um, Diane and I, we had a friend of ours um, that we let stay with us for a while and she was there for about a month and she's like, hey, uh, what should I do with this and she walks and she had some, a little bit of marijuana left that she had i let anybody in my house <laughs> all people all times all places she's like what do i do with this with this and 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 this i'm like i know what that Liz, and so what is that she's like uh this is all prescription pills that i shouldn't be taking but i had all of it and it was about a month and basically and she had she had smoked cigarettes and basically she just coughed her lungs up for two weeks and basically detoxed in our house and i don't recommend that for everybody and we didn't know we were kind of getting into but we had a long time relationship with her and um, but a lot of people it seems like they they get help, I relate with that they, they get help, and we help this girl find a job, and car, and all these things, and then she just peaced out, like yeah. she was, gone. I'm guessing you guys see a lot of that, see that a lot of that as well.
3: Yeah, they, it happens um, a lot, I mean, we, we say it's like giving their spiritual gas tank full, you know, they just want God, you know, uh, to get that first paycheck, to get the house, um, to get that car, you know, and we always say a freeway, a lot of people think, you know, relationship with Christ is like a country song played backward, you get your wife back, your car back, your dog back, your house back. <laughs> Uh, but, but it's not it's okay after this how do i live this out you know throughout the week and that's a big thing with going into the discipleship otherwise you know it is it's i just need to get you know a little bit of money in my pocket get over this and then once i'm good i'm okay by myself again
2: yeah um, i think for me where i get frustrated in ministry is that i would that would get old for me because a lot of times you help people and you get them up in there and you you get them on their feet and they're doing well and you know you help their family you help you know their kids and you you baptize all the things and like okay cool we're good now we're out of here and um why do you keep on doing it like if that if that seems to be the cycle i'm sure there are a ton of success stories out there where people meet the gospel and jesus and everything has changed but what makes you stay in it every every single day and you wake up I, i was talking to him he doesn't sleep that much alex and um and I, he's probably just running on on you know high octane, ready to just to, to bust down hell. I know that. Why do you keep on going every single every single day?
3: I mean, I'm a product of it. Um, I'm a product of the grace of God. You know, Freeway didn't save me, but God did through Freeway, and um, He radically changed my life through that. When nothing else worked, um, all the other programs, and institutions, nothing else worked, in to be able to share that and be able to work with that person until they're finally broken, knowing that they might come back again. And it's hard, like you said, in to not get calloused uh, and like, okay, well, I'm not going to let my guard down again. I, you know, I don't want to get hurt again because when you get close to the individuals, I bring people really close to me. I was a house leader in one of the houses. I spent five years in it. And, you know, I continually see men take off, take off, take off, and uh, i would get really close to them. And it would hurt. And I was talking to Stroop, and um, he asked me, he said, do you feel used? I said, yeah, (laughs) and he said, have you been praying for God to use you? I said, that's not really fair. Uh, That's a word there. And it hit, and it was, you know, having that perfect balance where, um, you know, you're not callous, that you can create that relationship with them, but seeing the ones that come back or, I mean, even, you know, my case that somebody didn't give up on me and that knowing that there's still hope, because everybody's rock bottom is different. It can be the worst situation they've ever experienced, but it's not the rock bottom. Rock bottom is that one thing that says, okay, I can't do it anymore, whether it's laying on the deathbed, whether it's losing their kids, or, or whether it's something as simple as just uh, being sick to your stomach, like, I'm not going to do this again.
2: Yeah, I love that. I needed to hear that today, that um, if you pray, <laughs> a lot of people pray that God would use them. <laughs> Knowing God uses them, they feel used. It's like they, that's what you prayed for. So, I, I need that was for me today. Um, let's talk about your story a little bit. We are like a forward-thinking church, and we tell people it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going, and we, we, we push that a lot, but you just mentioned that you're a product of that. Tell them a little bit about, about your childhood and how you got to Springfield and kind of where maybe your rock bottom, kind of how you got to your rock bottom.
3: Yeah, so we, uh, my mom and I moved from uh, Southern California, Riverside, California, to Springfield, Missouri. She woke me up in the middle of the night when I was five years old and snuck us out my father, he was really big into drugs um, and had a lot of crime and guns. Stuff in the house wasn't safe, so she got us out of it. That was the last time I ever saw him. We got to Springfield, Missouri, and she got remarried shortly after. Had a stepdad, um, and it was kind of a after-work thing. You know, he used to beat me a lot. He was smart. He didn't put any marks below my knees or above my shoulders, and I never told my mom. Went on for about six years. Uh, he was a big old boy, and I was afraid what he would do to her if I said anything, so... She caught it one day. I was putting on a shirt, and I couldn't get it on fast enough. So she saw the marks, and once again, she got us out. So um, this is my freshman year, a couple of weeks before high school starts, and I'm getting ready to go into a brand-new high school because we just moved places, a uh, different part of Springfield, going into Kickapoo. And um, I just – I entered high school with just a lot of um, – anger, hate, rage in my heart, Um, lost, I felt like a coward because of the situation with my stepfather, so I decided, you know, I'm going to have this new identity, um, somebody that nobody knows me, I can be who I want to be, I wanted that power, I wanted people to be afraid of me versus the other way around, what I spent so long doing, and, you know, I drew these lines when I started using drugs, well, I'm not going to do this, 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 and then within... Nine to 10 months, all those lines have been crossed, you know. I became just a dope fiend and needle junkie. I wasn't allowed in my family's house. They had to Josh-proof the house before I went over because they knew I was going to steal, pawn, whatever I could get my hands on. Wow. And um, it just went down just a long road and it just got worse and worse. And I spent 12 years in that addiction. Um, moving places didn't work. Relocation didn't work. Um, I mean, if you're living Twelve that lifestyle. You said 12 years? Yeah, 12 years. Um, out of everything, I came back to Springfield um, – and my last thing was his alcohol, and I've never been a big drinker, you know. And out of all the hard drugs I was doing, I had multiple overdoses, but out of everything, I went on my deathbed four times in three months in the cardiac ICU unit um, from alcohol. I was going through about two and a half liters of vodka a day.
2: What and- a boss.
3: <laughs> <laughs> a boss.
2: Goodness gracious,
3: man. Yeah. So um, that was the thing I couldn't get off of. And John Stroop, who's one of the founders of Freeway, I woke up um, my last time, it was my four stint down there, and uh, he was sitting in the corner of my room, um, I EKG machine, catheter, tubes, ventilator, everything coming out, and he interviewed me to go into the discipleship house, and I mean, at that point, anything sounded better than the situation, you know, two weeks in the hospital, food, all that, I was ready to try anything. So uh, I got released, I got discharged from the hospital on a Thursday night, um, went into Bible study that night, because Thursday nights is Bible study in the house, and I never opened the Bible before. I forget what book they were in, but I was too prideful to look at the index to see. And I got frustrated and just set the Bible down, which is yeah. probably a good thing because I just made Genes- attention. It's probably yeah. Genesis. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then Friday night service, which is a smaller freeway service, 80 to 100 people. Um, you know, I felt God moving. And I wanted to go down front, but I'm like, there's no way I'm going down in front of all these people. Um, I was like, well, I know there's a Saturday service, so I'll wait for Saturday. And I get to Saturday service. Well, there's four to 500 people on Saturday. And right when I walk in, I was like, oh, Lord, I should have went down last night. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the night, though, um, I mean, we're in this old dirty gym. I mean, we literally have bats flying through the gym, the roofs. And it's an old Christian uh, Springfield school is there. And at the end of the night, though, the altar call, I mean, I was just broken, balling out. And I felt like I was the only person in the gym. I was on the altars. And I knew for the first time that when I got off of the altars that night, I wasn't Josh the dope fiend or liar, mm-hmm. criminal, you know, I stood up blood bought born again, child of God. And um, my life got radically changed. And then shortly after that, so I told you, I enrolled in BBC, go to Baptist Bible college. And I knew like, if I had to be vocational, if I had to scrub toilets, it didn't matter. There's, I could not not do full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I had to do this. I had to be all in with it.
2: Wow, man. So you got saved. This guy, <laughs> Savage, he got saved in this house and about seven months into the discipleship, you're like, I'm gonna do this full time. And I, and just, and, and went for it. And I just think that's, I think that's incredible. I did, I, I love what you said, you know, it's like, I, I think there's a word in there about obedience. I think sometimes we don't do what God tells us to do right away. And then the next night, there was more people there, and it was more more pride to up down. But I think, I mean, God will break you down. And some, whenever we talked about the altar, I I thought for a moment, um, Tyson and Joy, like we don't do altars anymore. But like, some, I think we need to bring back some altar moments, you know? Like, and um, but I just think that's a what a what a powerful story. And um, this guy, the, these guys are going to change the world. So their their plan and, and vision is to to be with um, be with Freeway for a couple more years, and and prayerfully. go go global with this thing and just go do it wherever they can do it. And I just think that's, that's awesome. And so we're, we're behind you guys and uh, we support these guys. We support them every single, every single month um, for the last, I don't know, since March. And uh, this is the first church that they've, that they've been to raising, raising support. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to raise money um, so they can do this full-time and it's full-time work. And so Alex works a a part-time job, part-time slash full-time job. But then serves at the church part-time slash full-time and or the, or the ministry and and josh does the same exact thing and um they're trying to raise five thousand dollars a month which means they're going to live off sixty thousand dollars a year which is not that much money and they're in the process of, of raising those funds so we give to them every single month um 150 and um and we can do more than that and so when you guys leave today we're going to give you guys a check for five thousand dollars because we want to help you guys. We want to believe in you guys. We want to put our money where our mouth is. And so thank you for what you're doing. And um, we love you guys. And we know that God's going to do something incredible you, in your ministry. You can toss that microphone right behind you. You don't have to thank us, dude. I, we, we love, 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 love doing this kind of stuff. Um, I got nine minutes and I got a sermon. All right um i love that we get to i love that we get to do this it's really really funny we do some crazy things we haven't taken the offering yet but we're already giving out of it come on somebody like i just believe that god's gonna do it only he can do next week and so we're gonna go with it the bible tells them um in the in the proverbs 11 it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I want you to know that I want your world to get bigger. And when we give and when we're generous, our world continues to get larger and larger. And I want that for you. The Bible goes on to the next verse and says, those who bless others will, uh, will be abundantly blessed. I want you to be blessed. So the way you bless people, the way that you're blessed is contingent upon the way that you, the way that you bless people. One of our core values, you hear us say it all the time, is that we are generous and that is who this church is that's why we've already sewed into what they're doing and we're going to continue to sew into uh, future things that they have going on they have plenty of needs and um, they're trying to buy a home um, a house to to host more people and um and i just believe that that man i, I said to them i said i don't think they need to raise 180 dollars. <laughs> so i walked inside diana told diana i was like hey they need one hundred eighty thousand dollars I said, we don't have $180,000, but one day we will. No, we're going to give until we get it. We're going to continue to give until we get it. And so I want to, um, I would like to uh, open up a passage of scripture that you guys have heard before, Matthew chapter 25. I believe there's some, a word in there that I think that we can get today that will help all of us in here, all of us in here tonight. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 31, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. We're talking about the end times here. The Bible says, all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd can separate the people, the sheep's on one side and the goats on the other side, okay? And then it says here, he says, he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to the people on his right, come on in, you blessed people, Come on in, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Come on, come on in. And he tells them, here's how we're going to quantify who gets in, who stays out, and who comes in. Here's how we we quantify that. He says here, he goes, because I was hungry, and you guys fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home he said hey those of you guys that gave food away hope church the water you guys gave away the serving the giving like the when you when you were serving all the giving all those things those people they're coming in like they 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 get not the people it didn't say the people that prayed and asked christ to trust them as their personal savior and, and you have to do that you need to ask christ to be your savior but he's saying hey those of you guys that trusted christ as your savior generosity should be a generosity should be an outcome of the salvation that you received a different life should be the outcome of the salvation that that you've received on the inside like whatever happened on the inside should change the outside and he says hey those of you guys that did these things come on in you guys get to be in he goes and then you guys helped a little bit more then some of you guys i was naked and you gave me clothing and i was sick and you cared for me and i was in prison and you visited me we're getting involved in what they're doing because here's why, because the Bible tells us to, not the Bible, the Bible tells us to, to, to do it, number one. Number two, our mission of our church is to love all people at all times and all places. And I just believe you can't say that you love something unless you invest in it. And the Bible makes it really clear for us, like we don't like, there's a lot of churches that get the mission, me, mission messed up. It's not that hard. Feed people, clothe people, give them water and, and visit them in prison in Jesus' name in Jesus name I'm not talking about social justice I'm talking about in Jesus name <laughs> like doing it in, in like we helped Matthew's Hope and all the church that we helped and all the serving and all the giving that you did almost 20% of what we brought in last year given away we're gonna do we're doing it all in Jesus name not for our glory we want to do it and so we help there's an organization in our area called lift lift disabilities we we pour into what they're doing. There's a farm in our area called Happy Farm. And they're helping people on, on the spectrum. We 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 invest in those things because we can we love all people at all times and all places. All people, all times, all places. We we invest in those. And then he says, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, <laughs> we didn't even see you naked. Because that would be weird. We would remember that, God. And he goes, when do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Because we don't we don't remember that. We don't remember any of that. And then he says to the guys on the other side, he goes, hey guys, you're not coming into heaven. Because you didn't, because you had no transformation. And transformation comes from salvation. And when there's salvation, there's transformation. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can be saved without transformation. <laughs> like there's because if he changes your life, I believe that God can take away any addiction. I believe God can take away any disease. I believe that he can do that. I think a lot of times those things never, ever change because people don't believe that God can do those things. We, I know that it can happen because I see in the Bible, we see them happen. And I think the difference between what happened in the Bible and what happens on earth today is that the people in the Bible times, they believe that God could do what he said he could do. And I think sometimes we don't believe that God says he can do what he said he can do. I don't think we can believe that. So I wanna give you two things I think that might would help you today that I see in this passage of scripture that that I think will help all of us in here today. When we are generous, we're being like Jesus when we're generous. When we're generous, we're just being like Jesus. That's what we're doing. I wanted so so much to be like Jesus when I was younger, Josh, because you know what I thought? I thought having a microphone in my hand was like being like Jesus. And I'm being like Jesus. Being like Jesus. And I realized it, it, this, this doesn't an act of generosity up here for me. I remember the first time I got a phone call um, from my friend Carlos. And Carlos, um, it was one of the first funerals that we'd ever been a part of. We buried, his, we, Carlos was, was married uh, to, his, to his wife. She, she died 26 years of age. Five kids. The youngest, um, her oldest was 12. Her youngest was six months old. Gone and uh we did that funeral and that was a and, and really Dinah had to go Dinah to go see her all the machines that you talked about life support Dinah had to go be i was coming back from haiti and then we did that funeral just a couple days later and i realized being like jesus is not holding a microphone it's getting in there it's like it's getting in there with your hands and it's doing something it's it's like being getting involved and so i remember that and then i remember a few months later Carlos said hey can you come pray for my my aunt she's she's gone she's 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 gone I said where, where is she at he said she's she's dead and I remember walking through the church that we came from OBC. Dustin is here today he's one of the few guys that he helped us launch the church but uh, we we did a ministry like literally right behind the church where we were giving away food and clothing and and helping the least of these kind of people people living below the poverty line and we were going literally walking right out of our church into the backyard of our church and serving and I remember going back there, and 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 I had, remember they were just—I'm praying over. I mean, weeping and screaming, and it was devastating. I remember praying over this dead body. I was—I didn't know what I was supposed to pray. I was new at all this. But serving and generosity is just not doing it when it's—it's it's not when it's convenient. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's being like Jesus. It's like going and doing what Jesus would do when Jesus would go and do it. Yesterday I was getting my, my head shaved clarify that people say I, I call it a haircut but i don't get a haircut i get a head shave i got my head shaved last uh, yesterday and i got a phone call from barbara, barbara said, can you come pray for my dad he's dying he's not doing well can you come pray for him i said yeah i'd love to that's diminished that's being like jesus is going and helping she has kids that don't go to our church they're watching me pray over this man who's going to meet he's going to meet his maker real soon when we're generous we're being like jesus it's with your time, your talent, your treasure. When you're being generous, you're being like Jesus. And here's the second thing: when we are generous, we're seen like Jesus. We're seen like Jesus. See, this pastor scripture tells us that whenever Jesus said, "Whenever you guys come in that did all these things," they're saying, "Yo, we never saw you." Which leads me to believe that people, these sheep that he's talking about, they 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 must have saw differently. They they see differently. Ray is the kind of person. Ray comes to our church. Ray sees differently. A lot of you guys in this church, you, you see differently. You just you don't you don't see you don't see the hurt, the habit, the hangup. You like you see like, like Josh and Alex. They see souls that are lost and dying. They just see differently. Some of y'all have that. You just you just see differently. Craig sees differently. Craig wants to help churches like ours, all across the country, get a get a get a permanent home, a permanent facility. He sees differently. We're gonna, as a church, we're gonna, we're gonna see differently. We're, we're seeing a, we're we're gonna sow a, a 5000 dollars gift into this, to this ministry that we we haven't even got it yet. We, we see differently. We know it's coming. We because I can see differently. I'm believing for what God's gonna do next week. I'm already, I'm already sowing into it. I just believe that. I think if you have a need, you ought to sow a seed. I just believe that with all my heart because I believe in reaping and so on when we're generous we see like Jesus we never saw you Jesus no you did you saw me I, w- I was hungry when you when you guys gave and you served and all the things all the meals 70,000 meals we want to get involved with them their ministry they gave away 47,000 meals last year we want to get involved with that we did 70,000 we if we get involved them, we can do hundreds of thousands of meals every single every single year like we could do that. We want to see differently. And here's what I believe. I believe the world is waiting for us to look different. The world is waiting for you and I to look differently. To look different. The world's waiting for that to happen. Now get this. I don't know, I'm not very smart, Josh. But I know that look there in my mind, it had two kinds of meanings. Two kinds of meanings. And there's a word for that, grammatically, I'm sure. I think the world's they they want us to look different. They want us to look they they're waiting for us to look different. Like the, I'm not talking about what you wear cause that ain't a big deal here. I'm talking about the way you the way you serve, the way you love people, the way you hold door open for people, the way you tip, the way that you serve. like the world's looking for something different. My brother's a bartender uh, downtown Orlando, and the, I saw a person tip him the The, the tab was forty three dollars and they tipped him $43, it's called tip the tap. I thought, man, 100% tip, you can't really beat that. Like the world's watching to see if we look different. I'm not saying you gotta tip 100%, I don't do that. <laughs> it's extreme, <laughs> too far? <laughs> too far west, land the plane. <clears throat> I just think we gotta look different. I think we gotta look different. I think your companies ought to look different. Here's the second look. The second look, I think the world's waiting for us to, to actually use our eyes, to actually look at them differently. Like to see people differently, to, to start seeing souls, to see them, to see, them, see the potential. Josh said this, I, I'm a product of this. I do it because someone did it for me. Do we forget? We do. We forget sometimes that somebody did it for us. Like someone served us, Someone loved us. Somebody poured into us. Someone sewed into us. It's easy for me to give to them. Alex's dad was the first guy to, to ever give the church any money. He gave us 100 dollars He's the first guy to give me 100 dollars Of course, I'm gonna give to them. Now, since then I've sewed a lot back into what he's doing, it just makes sense. He's asked me for money currently. I said, I'm not giving any more money, Jump, give mine to Alex and Josh. Like that's your daughter. I just believe I believe in them more. No, I'm kidding, I didn't say that. I want to. I want us to be like Josh and Alex. I want us to see people differently. He said he was leaving work, leaving for work the other day, leaving to go to work to serve, and saw a guy who looked like he was not where he was supposed to be at. He said, I turned around and, and that's hard because you're going to work. Like, he turned around and went and helped this guy, and the guy needed help. And he was just abusing drugs just two days before, just got out of wherever he was going at, and, and he's like, can I just get? Th- asking for money really is like what you need is you need some clothes and some food i'll get you some clothes and some food i want this church to be the kind of church that looks different and i want it to be a church that looks different hopefully that was clear for you if not ask me you're out for coffee later um i want us to look different i think generous people look different and they also look different they look different hey um thank you guys for being a church that's generous. Everything I say up here over the last three weeks and what I'm going to say next week I'm, I, I say it with great humility because I'm like I know we are a lot, there's a lot of generous people in here but if you're not that, I, get you, I want you to get involved because I want you to have, I want to get to heaven I've always said this I want to get to heaven and I want Alex and Josh to say hey, come here real quick you see, these, see this guy here I got back on that airplane from that crazy 36-hour trip in the air airports long than I was actually at church and when I got back, this guy he met Jesus and he got saved and got put his family back together and he's going to go out and change generational curses and some generational blessings are going to happen. I want that to be, I want that to come from the lineage of Hope Church. That's what I want for us. Hey, let me pray for us. Hey, God, we love you. We're so thankful for what you did today in this building. I know that you shifted hearts through the testimony of Freeway. Josh and Alex, we're so thankful for them. Lord, I'm thankful for the, the, the $100 seed that Alex's dad sowed into me. And because of that, I will always give back into what they're doing. And this church will, because if it wasn't for that $100 bill, that this this it, it was used to start this church, this space. Lord, we're so thankful. Lord, I pray that we would look different that we would see different that we would serve different that we would look different that we would love different we would just be different because of the salvation that's in us changes the actions that are on the outside of us Lord I pray that next week would be the greatest day one of the greatest days in this church's history so that, so that we can change more souls so that we can help more people out of incarceration meet Jesus and find freedom and discover purpose and go out make a difference we love you we thank you You your name we pray amen hey um we're decorating cookies outside right now and there's hot chocolate out there go grab your kids and bring them out there don't decorate them without them go get them they want the sugar too and um if you're an adult and you want to decorate cookies and stay and decorate cookies josh and alex will be outside if you want to give them a fist bump or whatever is um socially acceptable in your sight <laughs> love you guys see you next weekend